scotch, that angriest of whiskey. Where else can you go for that smoky aroma, that interesting flavor, that delicious peatiness? What is peat, anyway? It's what? I'm drinking what? Well, despite that, scotch is a favorite around here, and we are going to try and tell you what we can about what makes it so special. Come in and have a drink. have a drink the show where you learn along with us about what you drink i'm Brittany lee walker i'm justin frazier i'm christopher walker i'm casey price oh yeah. gosh guys How's it going guys wow it it feels like it's been a whole 30 minutes <laughs> since we were last broadcasting indeed <laughs> look normally normally it takes me about two drinks to kind of get loose enough for for showtime you know so maybe maybe i should be about about ready now I think we're all about there already. Uh, so if you all are wondering about uh, what we're speaking, I think uh, it's safe to say we just did our very first news show, yes. which uh, you all, it's, just th- it's thanks to you all for hitting that goal already. We'll discuss more of that later, but uh, what have you all been into? <laughs> Cigars and scotch. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, Casey's got the more interesting thing. I've just been drinking scotch because I'm angry and work sucks. I mean, I've just been sitting on the porch because why not? It's mm. it's 30 degrees outside. That's perfect scotch weather, right? <laughs> right. Perfect scotch and well, cigar weather. You have a porch me. to sit on, so well, scotch, reason enough. Scotch, uh, scotch, socks, and cigars. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, I go. put on a hoodie that apparently I haven't put on in, I'd say, close to five years, maybe longer, and uh, probably three how'd sizes that, ago. I was going to say, how'd that fit? Because... Uh, <laughs> A little loose, tight. Yeah, a little, oh, tight. Okay. It was tight. Oh, yeah. The the sides of the hoodie itself uh, were at my armpits. Like, oh. <laughs> the, the folds on the side would not go past my nipples. You should have. <laughs> you should have told your wife to say, David Banner, I just slashed your car. Oh, I just slashed your tires and then ripped it. Slashed your tires. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh,. Yeah, cool. Uh, outside of a few, uh, outside of nearly catching my hand on fire, it's been a been a slow week for me. Oh yeah. Yeah, I wish I had more to talk about, but I well, skipped all of the releases that I was gonna go to today, and it was gonna be cold. And in the end, I was like, I've I've got enough stuff. I don't I don't need to go get more beer. We're proud well, of you. We were going to have an intervention. <laughs> well, it's going to be a banner and everything. We had a good day today, though. Like we spent some time with our friends and uh, who just had a baby, and the baby is flipping adorable. She got to go be baby crazy. She's yeah. about to steal it. It, it. it was pretty close, guys. Go um, pink. <laughs> uh, but 
and we also played some really fun games there because like i i was like god we need to play some more board games we played uh what do you how do you what, was the what do you meme what do you meme which was super it was like it was a combination of cards against humanity and dixit kind of where it's like you see the internet meme pictures and then you have to come up with a caption based on the cards in your hand it was like really fun that's like cards against humanity and that you're playing towards whoever the judge is yeah so yeah. um it, you learn everybody, and that's what people were just started pointing out. Well, if it's so-and-so, you just play anything that mentions dogs. If it's so-and-so, you play the most disgusting thing you can think of. Yeah, and there's definitely some of those cards, but then some of the cards... Like, it's not all, like, horrible, weird stuff. No, it is. Don't. don't um, what was the other game? It was the oatmeal game, but I can't remember... Uh, bears versus babies. Bear, yeah, that was fun. Not a single... <laughs> it's a, that's a one-sided fight. <laughs> not well, a... you make monsters out of the bears, like... One of my, I had a llama with. The bears were already scary enough against those babies. <laughs> but when you have, yeah, mom's a... like, that's a one-sided fight. You got bears and babies. The the bears are going to win. No, no, no. You make monsters out of the bears. But no, but the you have armies the of baby, babies. The army babies are like horrible. Like you've got like snake babies and oh, kamikaze. The babies. babies are the monsters. Yeah, and then you build like monster creatures wait, to wait, fight hold them. Hold on, was with... Brittany just about to say kamikaze babies? That's what. Yes. Yeah, that's like a thing. It I gotta look game. this game up now. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, a little fun, I guess. <laughs> so it was learning the rules was the most comp. It was way too complicated. Oh, I thought Ooh. it was fun. I did have something this week. Uh, I finally got to get my hands. Uh, buddy, uh, buddy of mine that works at Ethereum came to our D and D night, and he brought some of Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. The the, the regular. It is so sweet and delicious. Uh, I wanted to go to another. That. Had, I, we went from like one extreme to the other, and there's someone had a rum barrel aged something, and I cannot for the life of me remember what its name was. Was it you uh, and the snow shovel? It wasn't snow. I did not bring the snow shovel. After they brought that, I went, okay, next week I'm bringing the snow shovel. Uh, but no, it, it was something. Basically, I went from like very sweet to very dry in coffee. Mm. So it was it's an interesting, very, very stout, heavy night. I was happy. Uh, here, I found the picture of the game. Bears versus Babies. A monster-building card game from the creators of Exploding Kittens. From the Oatmeal. Okay, yeah, I thought yeah. you meant the game how somehow involved. No, oh, oh, no the no. Oatmeal. Like... And see, like, you've got scary babies with bat wings and crap and axes. So, no, yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> and there are very few bears. They are extremely OP, but there are only four of them, I think, in the entire Yeah, entire that panda bear was so the... cute. You know, it comes down to that age-old question. How long can you last in an unending field of five-year-olds coming to attack you and kill you? Right. But yeah, other <laughs> You than guys that... didn't have this, this question come up in your religion class in school? No. Apparently not. <laughs> I think other than that, our week was dominated by Sarah and Duck. Oh, yeah. We found a children's show that we're addicted to. and We watched all of it, and she we're going to watch it again. She was just like, <laughs> let's just put this on the background while we're doing stuff. She's like, I don't care. I just want something on in the background. I was like, whatever. And then we quit what we were doing and sat down and started watching it. And then I looked it up, and Sarah and Duck was on uh, CBBS, which is like BBC Kids, like yeah. preschool kids network. Mm -hmm. And apparently, when I looked it up, that they're like, "Oh, the show is geared towards five to seven year olds," but apparently found a large adult following. <laughs> <laughs> it's just as adorable. We're, they're just as confused as I am. It, What's it's just it called? As, Sarah and Duck. 
It's on Sarah Netflix. And Duck? It's yeah. on Netflix. There's two seasons of it. On Netflix, yeah. And they're just like eight minute episodes. <laughs> oh, and it's absolutely so, okay. adorable. I see where the art style now. Yeah, uh, I recognize this from so one of your cute. things earlier. It's uh, yeah. I sent the little gift. Yeah, it's it's all British and and she has the cutest little voice and they just do like random things and nothing uh-huh. makes sense in the world and it's fine. Like on one of the episodes, there she's on the bus to go to the zoo because she's obsessed with sea cows, and um, like you are. And, uh, yeah, and they call them sea cows, not manatees. And we're like, okay, whatever, it's fine. Uh, so the bus isn't going to the zoo. The bus is going under the water in the sea. To recharge. To, re- to fuel up, obviously. And uh, then he goes out into, like, the thicket of the seaweed or whatever. And then here come the sea cows. And she's, like, freaking out. And there's a baby one. She's like, baby sea cows. <laughs> it's adorable. And okay, she- I've not had enough scotch. So let's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or or other things at this point. Yeah. Oh, it's sorry. Great, <laughs> oh, there is news. I mean, we just uh, did an hour's worth of news. So. I know. <laughs> uh, in the state of Kentucky, as of yesterday or the day before, there are now three marijuana bills in legislation. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> oh, looks like midterms. So we get three of them get get denied. Okay. So there mid- are midterms are, are going to be real two fun. Two for medical and one for adult use, just standard adult use. Oh, so just recreation. But it, it, no, it's already uh, medical is already legal in the state. There's yeah, just no legal way actually... to obtain it or be in possession of it. Yeah, it's, but it's uh, not. Yeah. It's not like it's right. like Cal- or California or Colorado. You know, it needs to be like that. So it's Whatever. basically you have to have gone somewhere that where it was legal to obtain it and smoke it or ingest it. Come back here, and it's okay Men- medically but if you not- have a thing to have it in your system. There is no legal way to obtain it or be in possession of it in this state, or get a prescription for it. That's yeah, the key, or get the yeah. prescription. Um, and it's illegal to go across state lines with it. With um, it, that's what I'm saying. You have yeah. to have done all the former in another state where it's legal, and you can. Yes. If- and you have to drive back under the influence. <laughs> Fly it's back. Just, I mean, too much. Yeah. Uh, one of them, I, I'm a little iffy. One of these bills actually says that if you're under the influence at work, your employer can't sanction you for it. Ooh. That's, that no could way. get, I mean, you, you go in and you have your doctor that yeah. is under the influence. And that's no way that, that one's, yeah, yeah, there's no I, way that one goes well, through. Well, even if it went through, I'm sure there's restrictions of like, because like, I mean, normally you're, the thing is like this, you have, this much equals this and like you know right. the, the proper Brittany, dosage not, of things Brittany, i'm not sure if you know know this but our lawmakers are not smart they're not <laughs> no kentucky has crap representation okay so it's it's have a drink and, not anyway, have a politics yeah. let's go into announcements yeah. okay so uh our next episode is going to be saturday february 10th at 9 p.m eastern we're gonna be covering hey, my sister's birthday uh, gonna be covering Scandinavian and Nordic beers. What? So, so yeah. we've got to go. We've got to find some bear bear. Oh, between I've, now I've, and then. Yeah, I've got I've that not, salty. I've not seen it on shelves. Oh, so that's uh, salty. Although, um, I've always wanted to try. Sam Adams has a salty out of their their their, their one special series thing, and I what? still haven't, I haven't found it. Um, also, our uh, like we alluded to in the beginning, our news show has started. News show, <laughs> and that is thanks to the pa- first Patreon goal that we've met. So, um, of course, if you would want to support the show and help us reach more goals that we hope to be adding soon. So actually. you all, no, you all kicked that goal right in the dick. Yes, thank you kicked. so much to our patrons. Um, <laughs> uh, we tweeted out a couple, 
I think two days ago or whatever that, you know, like, hey, so Patreon just went through. We now have money in there. And, like, thank you all for this. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. So another part of that, uh, you may be noticing some changes if you are a patron and are going to our Patreon page. Because one of our big goals, we just decided to shake things up. And we had a format change that if you are a patron, right. you got to have a say-so in this. Yeah. So in our Discord, uh, we got we talked a lot about this, and we wanted everyone's feedback, and we got the feedback, and we just went ahead and moved forward with it. So we are dropping the video shows that were the uh, variety pack tastings mm. for now. Those will probably be bumped back because there was a gigantic cost involved with that, and it wasn't just the cost of the packs, because a lot of cost you, of gas. some of you are aware that. We do not live very close to each other at all. Yeah. Yes, we are all Chris in the and state. Of... aren't even in the same state. <laughs> no, no, we're we're barely in the same state, but there is a large distance between all of us, and getting all those beers uh, distributed betwixt us is a bit of a challenge. Yeah. So uh, at some point, it had to have been cheaper for us to try to find them locally, but they they weren't really distributed locally. Yeah, yeah. We, there was a couple. different. Uh, what's what's available. There isn't available where you are. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if, it, if, we, if we had to go with just what I had locally, we'd have been on you know <laughs> the, the latest yeah. uh, multi pack from Blue Moon Walmart. <laughs> it'd have been the latest pack of Bud Ice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. God. But yeah, All we uh, we decided to shake up the format, and guess what? We are now doing these episodes uh, weekly. Week? Yep. So you are going to get what used to be the two hundred dollar level of our patreon now we are bringing it to you now no money no we are just bringing it now uh, you- with tastings included in these episodes yes but um we do hope at some point on another goal to to actually do some kind of big tasting episodes again so yeah. yes and um, we'll again we get there youtube you can always go check out what those episodes were about and if, to bring those back, get to those goals, but we've got to still redo the Patreon to reflect all these changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna work on that. And in addition, we are doing our very special special tastings um, for patrons. Patrons specifically. only. Yep. And we we've got it recorded, and we should have edited it up. But we did the getting prairie bombed, which yeah. is still up on Twitch. We'll get those. The audios will be available to uh, our patrons. After the Twitch videos are down in uh, the audio format, because they have their own private feed where they're getting all this stuff. And that was a rough one. We did 10 Prairie Stouts back to back. And I've got to say, talking to some people, we actually lucked out with some. So uh, someone else who got the uh, Pirate Noir in this area got a really roughed up one, said it was sour and there were some really bad off flavors in it. And I was like, really? Because ours was just kind of bland, and we were kind of disappointed in it. And he said his was gar... Like, he took a sip, and it was a drain pour. I... Okay. You know, that was one that I was was hoping would have been better. So, apparently, fresh is the way to go for that one. (laughs) Could have been worse. (laughs) Could have been worse. Um, All right. Uh, And... The, the the plan is right now, if you haven't already seen it, you, it may have already popped up in your feed. Um, it may pop up at the same time, but that new show will probably get a stream of its own, Brittany. That, that the, we're going to see how the first one goes. The, the, the first episode, so the pilot that we just did, you know, uh, an hour ago, uh, is, uh, <laughs> is going to be in the kind of mega feed. Um, so with, with everything. But uh, the idea, I think, that we're leaning toward is for it to be a feed unto itself. 
So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, one more thing. So um, the news show specifically, that will be also on Saturdays, but that's going to be at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. So um, you're basically you're going to get two shows a week from us Woo-hoo! if you want to watch the news show and the main show. So mm-hmm. uh, there is that. However, we did not use all the news that we had for that one show. So we did not, and we actually saved a very big piece to do on this show. So let's go ahead and move into news. Uh, so sorry, I'm a child, and I heard very big piece and started giggling. <laughs> no, that's that's, a, that's about right. So <laughs> I liked my original title. We were kicking around doing this one, possibly in our first news episode. It was uh, that's why they call him Big Papa. No one calls him Big Papa. Big Papa. But now you're gonna have you that know, song in your head. I'm looking at this. I'm looking Papa. at this picture. He does not look unlike the world's most interesting man. He, does, he doesn't. Right? Yeah, he looked exactly like him. I don't so, like him exactly, but there are some similarities. So you're wondering who we're talking about. We are talking about Charlie Papazian, uh, who is the founder of really the homebrewing movement, uh, the current one, that spawned craft brewing. And he used to be, well, I say used to be, he's retiring from the Brewers Association after 40 years. Charlie Papazian was the former head of the Brewers Association. Uh, after more than 40 years of doing everything he could to promote and evangelicalize, ev- evangelize, well, I was adding something else to that, <laughs> for the continued success of the craft beer revolution in America, the godfather of American homebrewing is finally stepping down. The Boulder, Colorado-based Brewers Association announced Tuesday morning that Charlie Papazian, founder of the American Homebrewers Association, the AHA, and the Association of Brewers would be stepping down in January of 2019, marking his 70th birthday and 40 years with the organization. He's been with it. You know it. what? Yeah. He deserves a rest. <laughs> he can retire now. Yeah, you he know, has... 70, it's a good cutoff date. He has some legendary beers, and uh, me and Casey, I think the past few times over the holidays when I was in, me and Casey would just sit down and burn through... The um, what was it called? I know it was the thing that Sam Calgione was doing. Oh, was the, the show. Yeah, it was, um, it was to promote the book that he's got coming out with the Brewers I, Association. I it's like the big dogs of uh, of the brewing world, and he brews beers with them. What was that called? <laughs> it, uh, what the crap was it called, Casey? We want like... All right, all right. Google is here, so we Google. Do... Tell us, uh, hogfish. We live in a magical age. All right, age I'll of the stall internet. for time. Uh, we are all here today because of Charlie Papazian, said Bob Pease, president and CEO of Brew the Brewers. Sorry. Hmm? Brewmasters. Was that it? No. Project no. Extreme Brewing. Yep. Project Extreme. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> I was excited. Good guys. effort, Brittany. Project yeah. Extreme Brewing. Uh, it's they're all every episode's really great, and it's like it's all the founders and CEOs of all these amazing like Shorts Brewing. That one's great. He has all these great people on. Uh, Saint Arnold. So uh, go check those out, definitely. Me and Casey could talk about those forever. But uh, the president and CEO of the Brewers Association said in a statement, his influence on the home brewing and craft brewing community is immeasurable. Who could have predicted that a simple wooden spoon, which is now featured in the Smithsonian, that was a big thing announced yes. uh, last month, that spoon was now in the Smithsonian. How close Sadly. is it to Archie Bunker's chair? <laughs> um, so two floors not. down? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Ingenuity and passion would spawn a community of more than 
One million homebrewers. <laughs> and 6,000 small and independent U.S. craft breweries. It was 1978 when Papazian, along with Charlie Matson, founded the American Homebrew Association in Boulder, which has grown over the decades into the country's most recognizable source of homebrewing information and competitions. At the same time, he authored one of the original homebrewing Bibles. Casey, <laughs> I figured you had a copy probably on the shelf. That's the somewhere behind him. The complete joy of homebrewing. <laughs> Casey, you need to have this stuff ready like Tom Merritt does. Yeah, which is still in print today, several editions later. So uh, they're saying, when I first picked up a mash paddle myself in 2007, this was the author of that article. Who cares when he picked up? Casey, what do you got? Complete Joy. Bam, right there. <laughs> Homebrewer's Companion. <laughs> and a good one if you're wanting to read about whenever he took time to kind of run around the world. I thought um, he was about to say it's a good beer to dr- to brew hard. And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> microbrewed adventures, and he he runs kind of like around the world and and tastes beers. It's it's a pretty cool, oh wow, um, pretty cool little little read. But yes, uh, so the organization that he is leaving today uh, almost has fifty thousand paying members, which actually you don't have to be a brewer to be a part of it. And we were nope. Why didn't we join? We still have it. Casey was like, hey, before you guys go on your road trip out west, you should probably join because you get a lot of discounts and special things at breweries. Bob was a mentor for a year or so, a year or two. Yeah, I've let it lapse, but I need to get back. They send me emails to remind me, and I'm like, I should do that. (laughs) We should all re-up just for, I mean, considering everything that we're doing now. Uh, Papazian was... Since we've homebrewed. Yes, indeed. You are homebrewers. Yeah, the discounts are nice. Papazian was also an initial founder of the Great American Beer Festival in 1982, which has grown into the uh, continent's, not country, continent's largest ticketed beer festival 37 years later. Papazian has been a permanent fixture at the event over those years, handing out awards and distributing his patented Papazian fist bump to winners. Anyone who has been to GABF, (coughs) Casey, Awards mm-hmm. ceremony knows the f- uh, that the fist bump is just a big part of any brewer's win as the medal they are taking home. If if he passes, can they prompt him? Can they like make a wax figure of him and just like have his <laughs> fist out? <laughs> so everyone going by good. gets to? Um, the episode that we were at last week, 10% off beer at the Wooden Cask Brewing. Oh, oh, with okay. the membership. Oh. I, I follow what you mean about the episode we were at. Well, I okay. mean, I don't know about everyone else, but all of mine were free. I, I don't know what. Oh, you... yeah. <laughs> if, if, when when you go back to, I don't know if that's legal in the state of Kentucky. Um, <laughs> when you go back to uh, to actually purchase your beers, um, Taft's L House, fifteen percent off your entire bill. Ooh, Listerman, ten percent off merchandise. So just to I be would, clear, these I are would the... see that being a thing with. Listerman. These are the benefits yeah. of being part of the Brewers Association? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. 10% off at a bunch of different places. Brink Brewing up there in your area. So oh, yeah. um, that's just around the Cincinnati area. It, up in Loveland, casual pint, dollar off pints. Oh. So. All right. Well, there will likely never be another single individual so identified with home brewing as a hobby than Charlie Papazian. We wish him the best and many delicious brews in whatever project comes next. So this is a, this is a closing of a major chapter for us, and 
I don't know. I mean, it's kind of scary looking forward. I don't know if you want to say scary, but I mean, it's just uncertain. It feels like to be losing, yeah. losing, I mean, losing Papa. Yeah, but I mean, he's got a, you know, he's seventy. He's he's slowing down. It it's time. Yeah, that's like we look at you know Stan Lee. He's ninety three. Yeah. It's like he holy was crap. Rushed to the hospital this week. He's yeah. fine. It was a minor thing, and can people stop sharing it well after I, he's released a statement saying everything's I, okay? I know, I know. <laughs> I, I saw some of that too, but it was just like he ran to the hospital. He's like, oh, that's right. He's ninety five. Yeah. He yeah he's up there. Okay, uh, we, we've gone on with this news too much. If you want more news, you can check out our whole news episodes just before like, this. It's up on Twitch now. When we finish with this, you can go watch it there, or you can catch it true. on your audio feed. Mm-hmm. Double so, the double the news that we used to do. It's more than double. It's like <laughs> oh, it quadruple. Double, it's right, like yeah. amped up. Like We cover a ton of stuff and not just beer. So At let's go ahead and get into times. some Untapped. Get riggedy, riggedy, wrecks So, uh, one of the problems with doing this weekly now is badges don't really roll out weekly. Mm. So we don't really have a lot of badges to talk about. Uh. But we can talk about what you could be right, voting for. Badges. <laughs> well, what about what future badges could be? So you get to vote on badges on here. And uh, as they routinely do, every few months, they will do a primary or core badge update. And you get, these are all voted on. Like, they don't just randomly do these or whatever they want to do. It is the most upvoted one. So you can jump in here. And right now, let's see what we've got to vote on. Uh, the requested badges. You've got Brewery Pioneer. Check in five, I don't like the wording, check in five beer, each from a different brewery. They write like English is not their first language. Yeah, I know. Maybe, but, it's, maybe it's not. No, it is. The company is centered <laughs> in the U.S. Oh, okay. You never know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah Check in uh, five beer. brewery pioneer uh yeah i'm gonna give that one an upvote because i could level that thing out really fast it goes up to level 100 bob you can get this one smooth as silk check into five different beers with the serving style of nitro Ooh. well it's true i like that do one. like me the nitro old is new check in five beers with the style of old ale oh yeah i like i like me some old ale let's let's do that one uh any of them striking yeah. your fancy casey I was trying to log in. Oh, sorry. Uh, um, Justin. Oh, here we go. I think this one's probably... I do like Vienna Lagers, but I don't think there's enough for me to get 500 check-ins yeah, for that. Yeah, that would... No, there's no way to... That's not happening. Viennaville, I don't... Unless you are in Vienna, I don't think you're you're getting that one. <laughs> I don't think there's that many in Vienna. Yeah. <laughs> there are more sausages in Vienna than there are types of beer. Um, I like the tag you're it, the tag a friend in your check-ins. Oh, that times. would be a good one, yeah. I think that's that's going to be easy to do. Tag a friend in your check-ins 15 times. Yeah. I mean, for some of us, that... I'm sitting across from someone who gets tagged in like half of my chickens. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do like C's for chili as a name, but I wish it were chicken to five chili beers, not beers from chili. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Those are some fun things to get into. Uh, what's what's way down here that doesn't have a lot of votes? I'm gonna Bulgaria. Brew at the zoo. Turkish bath. <laughs> Check into five different beers from a brewery from Turkey. <laughs> No, I was hoping he was going to say from Turkish baths. <laughs> uh, how about yin and yang? Have we talked about this one before? I don't no. think so. Oh, five years from South or North Korea. 
there are well, I mean, I guess there are North Korean beers, but are they distributed anywhere? No, there's no way they are. Maybe South Korea. Prove us wrong. (laughs) Someone write in or jump in the Discord with a picture of a North Korean beer and where we can get it. They grew like like uh, 200,000. No, was it 2 million, 2,000 pounds of hops last year, I think? Yeah, we talked to 2,000 acres of hops. We we talked about that recently, didn't we? Yeah. Like they're really cranking some hops. Uh,. Baking but of course, in they could be just putting these numbers out and not. Look how yeah. fertile our ground is. Glorious yes. leader says. Because 2000 is an even number, and everybody else was like, oh, we've got 238 acres. So, <laughs> so everyone, need, this has been on here for a while. We need to get this thing up. Brew at the zoo. Come yeah. on. Check into five different saying. venues with the category of zoo or aquarium. Come on. We all like getting smashed at the zoo. It makes it amazing. It Come is on, pretty guys. nice. Let's, let's get that. Um, give, give that some votes. Get... Give us some love. All right. But most of the rest of these are just like regional ones, like different countries and stuff. So um, just a reminder to everybody, we do have the link for voting on the core badges on our great resources page on the website, haveadrinkshow.com. Yes. And real quick before we go off that, uh, global trending beers. These are some fun, like all the analytics you can get from Untapped are amazing. Mm. And usually you can guess what some of these top beers, because they track the top beers in the country and world. And go ahead and take a wild stab at a lot of the top ones most of the time. It's going to be Budweiser and Bud Light. Mm. Yeah. Really? Usually in the top ten. Not in the top ten right now. Mm. I am kind of blown away. Uh, so, anyone who's looking knows. So, what's number one? Casey. Not pulling it up. <laughs> don't, don't, don't have it up. Uh, yeah, I don't know where up. this link is. <sighs> It's if you go to the pub, you find it. It is Bell's Hop Slam, <laughs> number I'm one beer. Yeah, I'm pulling it up. <laughs> then you have uh, Nugget Nectar from Trogues, uh, Hazy Little Thing from Sierra Nevada, and Hop Bullet He's... from Sierra Nevada. Right after it, I think Hazy I may have checked in to a Hop Slam. You have, okay. yeah, you, because you it's may effing have a, delicious. Yeah. Like at least two. I, I know I drank it, but you did it, Braxton Labs. You had no. You had okay, one I there, in. and I you, did had, check. you checked in at that one. I don't think you checked into the other one you had later that no. night. But my, my other hands were too full of PBR. So I'm still surprised to find, what, one, two, three, four, five, in the top ten still at number six, CBS, Canadian Breakfast Stout. So this was yeah. a wide distribution for that beer. It was still extremely hard to get a hold of. I am surprised to still see it in the top ten, mainly because of the limited release of it. Yeah, people who had, like... More than you know, maybe just a a bottle, or like maybe they they held on to that bottle and now they're they're trying it out. You know, they have that occasion to use it. Maybe they drink some while watching Groundhog Day. I mean, it I've got one hitting but <laughs> taps too, and not that's true. Also possible. Like yeah, say, I've maybe still got, a whole lot of drafts. I've got an extra bottle, but I'm sitting on it to see if I can hatch it into two bottles or something. I don't know what'll <laughs> happen. I'm just hanging on to it to see. But then, I somehow don't think it's going to be good for its temperature if you sit on the bottle wanting it to hatch. I mean, it needs to be warm. So, rounding out the top ten, you had Sam Adams Cold Snap, Lagunitas IPA, Two-Hearted Ale from Bell's Brewery, also touted to be the best craft beer in the country, and <clears throat> Heineken. Alleged. <laughs> of course, Heineken. Like, I'm not surprised that's on there at all. Voted for, Casey. Elections don't always go like you want. <laughs> Fact. <sighs> 
All right, so we didn't have any badges uh, this week, but here's fingers crossed next week. Yeah. All right, uh, huh? ready to get into that, that topic? I, I think we just we need to take a second, and we have the note in here. If you get value entertainment from this oh. show and would like to support oh. it, you can now head over to patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow, where patrons can enjoy their own RSS feed uh, with several audio things in there, some little tidbits. If you want to know what we thought about uh, the 2017 Sam Adams Utopias, we've got a whole hour video of us trying that one on there. And you get some U- little U- nuggets. Utopias. <laughs> you get some nuggets of when we manage to all get together, and we may end up slapping some quick videos together. And when Justin and Casey were up here last weekend for some things, uh, for the the fun episode we did with Gnarly Gnome, which was mm-hmm. previous to this, uh, we actually went to Braxton Labs, and Casey decided to try and get Bob to say this extremely long beer's name in German. <sighs> yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. Let's, uh, <laughs> so let's... Uh, to the internet. To anyone from Germany. So Bob's Look, it's probably gotten lost. It's fine. <laughs> we don't need to embarrass me about listening to me speak poor German. I mean, or we could. I don't know. It's whatever you guys want to do. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm again. So if you want a little more of that, uh, that's up there in the bar, which is our patron-only feed. Oh, did you all play something? Did you play it? Because we didn't hear it. Oh, anything. you didn't hear it. Oh. No. I don't know. She was playing huh. it. Yeah. yeah, that's why I was talking. Oh. oh huh. I was like, oh, hmm. uh, that's weird. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, definitely. That was. Well, so... Even more reason to join. The That's Patreon. in the Discord, actually. That's in our patron-only Discord. So if you want to, way to tease. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, All it's right. so weird. It played on our end. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, we. Well, I mean, you're. I don't know. We're a half hour into this, and we're not to the topic yet. So let's let's go ahead and stumble into this bad boy. I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down, down into my belly. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> Everyone takes a drink. It's like, oh, well, that's my cue. <laughs> I mean, Bill, I, I I do love scotch, scotchy scotch scotch. Here it goes down, down into down my, into my belly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, when no, you, when you run out of water, scotch is the way to go, right? It's the water of life. <laughs> I mean, I had the choice between water and scotch. What whiskey yeah. means? It's what it really it's about. Yeah. Uh, the history of all distilled beverages can be discussed another time. In our distillation episode. That we need to do soon. <laughs> the history of distilling is as old as history itself. The <laughs> concept of resistance to alcohol dates back to a. Never mind. That's, right, a, that's a joke Burns. for. No, it's a joke for. Not Ken Burns' joke. Never mind. If you don't get it. That's it's a hardcore fine. history. Nope. Oh. No. Still wrong. Anyway, but as far as scotch is concerned, it has more to do with the location than anything else. Scotch is simply a whiskey made in Scotland. That's incredibly reductive. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Today's yeah. scotch must follow a strict set of rules, but uh, we say the first scotch was probably just the first distilled beverage made in Scotland. The earliest record of this comes from the official accounting document called uh, the Ex- Exchequer Rolls, I'm guessing. As uh, good as mine. <laughs> no, no it's, it's, it's vaguely familiar. It's just been a while since I've seen it written. Um, the uh, In 14... Yeah, let me just be clear. Accounting documents are very important to history. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, in 1494, it was listed uh, that eight bowls of malt, uh, about 2,500 pounds, were given to Friar John Corr to make aquavite. 
known and uh, also known in Gaelic as I'm gonna try this. I've I've heard it before, and I'm probably gonna butcher it right now. Iskaba. Uska. Uska. Oh right, they covered that in the Uska Beta. Uska Beta. Yeah. That's so, the thing. Like my pronunciation. Yeah, my pronunciation does not have a U. It's written here. Right. Ishkaba. Look, if you want to get into Gaelic, uh, there are actually three different Gaelic dialects spoken in Scotland alone. Yeah, let's. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, it's really there's no good way to do this. Yeah, uh, that's fair. And between each one, they don't know what the other one is saying. <laughs> nope. Uh, but no good dude goes without punishment. Uh, in 1644, the first whiskey tax was enacted. The blame for this tax lies solely on the English Civil War, and the depletion of the coffers. That son of a bitch, Oliver Cromwell. Son of a bitch! <laughs> Look, he's done a lot of bad things to almost all of my ancestry. He did um, a lot of bad things to basically anyone that wasn't English. <laughs> that wasn't English Protestant. Yeah. Yeah. That's including uh, <laughs> including Parliament. I want to make a quick tangent yes. to to point out that one day Oliver Cromwell, having enough of Parliament contradicting him, uh brings the army into Parliament and shoots them. So uh you wanna know the big uh irony of that one, which I was in tears laughing about and no one got why I was laughing. Outside of Parliament is a giant statue of him surrounded by lions. He is sitting there with lions under each arm. It is across the street, looking at Parliament. <laughs> yep. <laughs> huh. Well, because he fought for Parliament's side in the English Civil War, and then when his, that side was not with him, well, tough. Was, again, his full name is that son of a bitch, Oliver Cromwell. Official. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Cromwell and his troops played a large part in the war, and therefore still get the blame for the taxes that benefit, uh, benefited England while treading heavily on Scotland and Ireland. Again. That son of a bitch, Oliver Cromwell. I have a whole lot of those burps in this episode. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I think we really only cut out the F-bomb at this point. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, anyway, this, uh, of course, caused illegal production of whiskey, something our region is familiar with. <laughs> uh, for many years, uh, the Highland whiskey producer, uh, producers would operate illegally and actually produce more than half of the whiskey in the market. I know the uh, the Irish uh, moonshine is known as Pachin. I don't know what the Scottish one is. It might be the same. Scotch. <laughs> just, just Scotch. Just Scotland Scotch. does not have time for fancy words. <laughs> Scotch. Um, anyway, magistrates in the area had a more laissez-faire approach to illegal producers. The lowland Scotch, uh, sorry, the lowland Scotch producers were not very happy about uh, with this law. Uh, with this, as laws enacted in 1707 allowed English customs to cross into Scotland and track down illegal producers. Uh, the Northern Highland distillers could get away with not paying taxes due to the remoteness of the area and the lack of easable, easily passable roads. This sounds shockingly fam familiar, Casey. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> our, our ancestors in this area came to Kentucky because it was hard for the tax people to catch you here. Yeah. Uh, they, they had done this before. <laughs> so. Yeah, nothing new was happening here, and there was a reason these things were happening here. <laughs> mm hmm. Uh, let's see. Where was I at? Uh, 
while the lowland distilleries closer to England were more uh, lawful and the laws were better enforced. Uh, adding more taxes during the Napoleonic Wars, again, just War, them up. what is it good for? Uh, taxes. Is, say it again now. <laughs> oh, hello, Hobbs. Hey, Hobbs. And thank you for uh, the compliment. Yeah, so let's see. Uh, adding more taxes during the Napoleonic Wars uh, gave an illegal production even bigger advantage. To get around taxes, lowland producers started using less malted barley and started adding more unmalted product to their whiskey, since barley was actually the product being taxed. Uh, this created the grain whiskey style where malt and other grains would be used. Eventually, the tax were lowered, but enforcement was much harsher. In 1823, these laws were enacted... Uh, uh, when these laws were enacted... 2.2 million gallons of whiskey had taxes paid, while the next year that number doubled. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was like 4.4, 4. 4. 4.6, something like that um, it went to. Uh, so it shows that, yeah, they'll actually come in and, and, and jail you for it, so we better start paying taxes on our whiskey. <laughs> yep. With the taxes laid on whiskey, it was quite important for distillers to save money and become more efficient. This is also uh, during the same time as uh, that the coffee or column was still being developed. Uh, the did I read that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. The coffee or column still still was still. Yep. Sorry, I missed the word still in there. Uh. I was like something sounded weird in how I heard that. Uh, <laughs> The Irish were propositioned first to use the column still, but they found that uh, that type of still removed more of the true flavor of whiskey. Uh, Scotland was happy to pick up the technology to help more efficiently distill their alcohol. Uh, in 1834, the Grange Distillery in Bernstland. Sure, why not? That yeah. sounds close. Uh, it, it could also be read uh, Burnt Island, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't no know. Yeah. I, I really don't know. I mean, that's just the way it's spelled. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right across the North Sea from Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Uh, Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Uh, the first Scot, uh, the Grange Dill Australia in, let's say, Burt Island. Uh, <laughs> right across the North Sea from Edinburgh uh, was the first, Scot uh, first in Scotland to use the coffee still. The design claimed, uh, design's claim to fame was that it could uh, easily... Was could easily produce nearly pure alcohol with little flavor from the original beer. 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 Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, so any any mixed grain that you're going to be putting into the still, um, it's called beer before you start. Distiller's uh, beer. Because I was like, man, that's not, it's not what beer is. <laughs> I mean, in Scotland, <laughs> that might be no. It. Uh, well, most distillers still used. Uh, most distillers use the still to make neutral spirits they could flavor with other substances and make gin or fake brandy. The Scottish distillers liked the flavor of their uh, pot-distilled uh, whiskey, so they blended inexpensive neutral spirit with flavorful pot-distilled whiskey. This reduced the cost of milder whiskey varieties and allowed their drink to have the same wide appeal for export. Mm. There are many stories about why the, word uh, why the Scotch word whiskey is spelled W-H-I-S-K-Y, while the Irish drink is spelled with an E, W-H-I-S-K-E-Y. Some say this is because the Scots were so cheap they left it off, but what is more likely <laughs> is the that the Irish were looking to differentiate themselves, uh, differentiate their more flavorful drink from that distilled, uh, distilled from the coffee still, so they added an E. Uh, in 1860, uh, again, tax reform changed the way spirits were consumed, 
taxes were added on imported spirits and fortified wine, allowing domestic UK spirits to thrive. And so, Scotch grew. Scotch grew. I have to say, some of this, they, um, some of the basics anyway, they covered in that Modern Rogue episode. If you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend it. And we do have a link to their the playlist of their like alcohol-related episodes mm-hmm. on our um, on our website as well. But um, when they are at the, and I'm going to keep forgetting the name of it. The Wizard's Castle? Yes. Um, the Whiskey Academy? So it's essentially a whiskey sommelier. They anyway. have their own series of videos you can find. They have their own YouTube channel. It's, and they it's have, very helpful. Yes, very they helpful. have some amazing information, and that's a very great partner material for this. So uh, let's get into ingredients and processes. Scotch is a whiskey, meaning that the product is distilled from grains. The most traditional grain is malted barley. The barley is malted through a process of wetting and draining barley until the grain sprouts. This helps to activate enzymes in the grain that charge or change starch into sugar, which is basically the whole thing gives us alcohol. <laughs> the barley is then dried. The, this drying process was done with heat burning whatever combustible matter was available in that area at that time. Yeah, this gets a little interesting for Scotland. For some of Scotland, uh, trees would provide the source of heat, but for others, it was thick layers of peat. Peat is the partially decomposed plant matter that makes up bogs and mires. Uh, Thick peat layers would be dug up, dried, and then used to dry the malted barley. So... If you are really unfamiliar with what peat is, you've got to look it up. Like that's it's nothing foreign to me because I was a Celtic studies minor, and peat is actually burned in place of wood in most of Ireland and Scotland. Like they just it's just fields of this stuff, and you go out the, like they have uh, peat knives, and it's basically yeah. a weirdly shaped hoe that you go out and cut up the land. Literally, you just go out and start cutting up a field because it is this half decomposed swamp that is combustible here i found i found a picture i'm gonna show it on there and let's let's throw up some peat yeah in ireland and scotland people have piles of peat bricks that they'll dry out because they're still moist when you cut them out of the ground and you pull them up and you dry them and you can toss those babies in the fire and they burn they burn for a long time Uh, One of the big problems that Scotch and Scotland is having right now is that the peat takes a long, I mean, it's, it's a depletable source of energy. It doesn't, it um, it doesn't, yeah, it it takes uh, centuries to get up to, to the depth of these peat fields of where they are right now. Yeah. So it's kind of like coal, not as extreme, but it takes a long time to come back. Look at that picture with all the rows of it. That's nuts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So this so is gonna... you'll, you'll cut it out and dry it first, and then use it to burn to to make make your heat. So like you're literally drinking Scotland. So yeah. you you are you're <laughs> drinking part of Scotland. So it is like when you um, me and Casey were talking uh, kind of it was off mic obviously before about how uh, was it people are investing in Scotch futures. Yeah, and that um, is not a good investment a in my Scotch idea exchange now because peat is going to run out. And so your a lot of your really peaty scotches are gonna disappear. It probably won't be in our lifetime, but like Lagavulin, like these massive peat infused scotches Camp- won't be around forever. <laughs> these massive peat infused campfire in a glass. Oh, yes. As if that that needs to be more expensive. Like for crying out loud. <laughs> 
Well, that's I mean, that's one of the things that goes with those. So you you do get a lot of the peat flavor from the the malt itself, but actually, you could make it a little bit more um, nature friendly because the water itself that that they're getting has filtered through the peat, and that will actually bring in some of the flavor, a lot of the flavor um, that you get. And the um, here we are not in beer, but a lot of the phenols that you get yeah. actually come from the water we instead of just the um the burnt peat itself so yeah that's uh, a lot of scotches you'll notice are named after their water source actually like glenlivet named after the glen in which they source their water from hmm. so uh, uh, you're going to see that across the board so this peat smoke gives scotch a very peaty mm. aroma and flavor uh the, the isla is known for its peat smokiness mainly because not a lot of trees on the island so guess what they were burning <laughs> And scotches like Lagavulin and Octomore are well known for this quality. The peat levels are measured in the actual alcohol using a term called PPM of phenols. Parts per million. Parts oh, per million. Okay. okay. Scotches that have little peat flavor may be in the 0 to 20 parts per million range, while Octomore is in, <laughs> is in the 170 parts per million range. For some context on how much that actually is, Lagavulin comes in around 35 parts per million. Holy Ugh. crap, I need some Octomore. I need that now <laughs> in my scary. life. scary. Oh, I mean, that's scary Man. and very enticing. <laughs> I feel I, well rested this episode. I don't know why. <laughs> I love Lagavulin. I need some Octomore. I need that now. <laughs> well, Casey, how much does that run? <laughs> It's not oh, cheap. God. It's it's more expensive, I believe, than than Lagavulin. It has oh, to be. I mean, Lagavulin, you can get some lower vintages that aren't terribly priced, but like when you start, but ramping, they're sold. But they're sold out at your local liquor store. Mm. I so, mean, I've got to look this, this? up. Uh, uh, Two hundred dollars a bottle. Sold. Two hundred dollars is what I'm seeing. Yeah, about two hundred, um, from the Brutalotta, uh Distillery. Yeah, I've you know I've Which seen do, worse prices. It's the prices. same group. That does um, so Brutalotic. Sorry to, to jump over, but Brutalotic does the Port Charlotte whiskey that we were looking at the other day um, in the store. Uh, has a real modern look to the yeah. To the oh stuff. wait, wait, what's their name again? Uh, so Brutalotic. Brutalotic. Yes. No. Yes. They they have some down there. That's right. I. Yep. Trying to keep track of which is what in my head. It's the um, the color of a lot of their stuff. Like the classical yeah. Lottie. Um, I was going to say, isn't it the ones that's like like mostly a... S it's like light blue, like Robin Well, like blue. there's a white yeah. blue, there's a light blue, there's like a light orange yep. or yellow or something, and it's all like kind of one color with like... Yeah, we were looking negative at... Negative space. We were looking at their bottles when you guys were up. So, in comparison, the Lagavulin is about... Uh, Depends on the year. Yeah, it does depend on the year, but like if you're just gonna get um, okay, so like a 16 year, sixty seven dollars. I'm used to uh, I think 18 year being about seventy five was the last time I bought yeah. a bottle. Compares to uh, so the octomore, the, the octomore yeah. is two hundred dollars. So yeah, for a, or a, a much lesser aged whiskey, for but, a younger whiskey, but more of uh, a campfire. It sounds like yeah. <laughs> Give me the campfire. All right, uh, scotch. Yeah. <laughs> scotch is just is a distilled spirit and all scotch must follow these rules to be called scotch it must be made at a distillery in scotland from water and malted barley 
it must be mashed at the distillery, converted to fermentable sugars at that distillery, fermented at that distillery, <laughs> and distilled at that distillery to less than 94.8% ABV. It must be... Uh, what sorry, are you singing? I just had the mash theme in my head when no. you said it must be mashed. Oh. <laughs> it must be matured in Scotland in oak casks no larger than 185 gallons for at least three years. It must retain the color, aroma, and taste of the raw materials used. Uh, read as can't be filtered. Hmm. It can it can't contain any added substances except water and E150A caramel coloring, which is all very <laughs> traditional so until specific. you get oh, um, oh, and <laughs> yeah, what was it? It was a uh, as a e, an E236 uranium space modulator or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Right. Wow, until you throw... It's all very... They're like, oh, yeah, they're really following. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> and it must be bottled... That's, that's, that's how the old Scotsman named it. They went, nope, oh, nope. Yeah. That's right there. That, that is yeah, E150A. E <laughs> and it must be bottled at at least 40% ABV. Uh, we will probably put out an episode about the science of distilling, which Casey's been pushing for this whole time. Well, and now for, we, we've head over. Oh, we've yeah. headed over into more distillation and and distillery and and liquors, and we need to get the basics of the sides before we. Oh yeah. We go too much further. And for specifics on how distillation works, uh, you can reference that episode when we actually do one. <laughs> uh, go check if you're listening to this from the back catalog, and we may have already published that episode. All right, after the liquor is distilled, it is placed into a barrel. Unlike bourbon, the barrel does not have to be a new charred oak barrel. The requirement is that it can uh, only be oak. That means that many bourbon barrels get a second life as scotch barrels. Scotch industry will reuse barrels multiple times. Some popular scotches are aged on other types of barrels like sherry casks uh, and pork casks. These add their unique flavors to the drink. I have to say that, yeah, when I was in Scotland, some of my favorite scotches we had were aged in uh, in wine casks. And they had were, some sweetness. That's nice. It was absolutely amazing. And it was, uh, we had, it was from Edwardor. You can get their just regular scotch uh, over here, but their ones aged in the wine casks were not for export, which was kind of a crime, but it is also from the smallest distillery in Scotland, because their pot still is the smallest legally allowed. If it were any smaller, like literally any smaller, if it somehow decreases in mass, it will be declared illegal. <laughs> because it would See. be considered for use to make uh, moonshine or illegal liquor. All right. Yep. All right. After aging, scotch can be bottled alone or blended. Okay. Delicious. So naming. <laughs> kind of a big thing um so first let's say this according to rules set forth in the scotch whiskey regulations the only whiskey that can be made in scotland is scotch whiskey sure uh it doesn't matter if it's made with a malt bill the same as a bourbon and aged in new oak barrels under the law it can only be called scotch whiskey uh now if that type of whiskey was made it could be it could not be called single malt scotch it would have to be called single grain scotch, and here's why. Single malt scotch whiskey means a scotch whiskey produced 
from only water and malted barley at a single distillery by batch distillation in pot stills. So follow that. Uh, we know from the bourbon episode eh, uh, that there is corn in bourbon, but single malt is made with only malted barley, the ingredient originally used to make beer. So while this type of scotch only has two ingredients, single grain scotch whiskey means a scotch whiskey distilled at a single distillery, but in addition to water and malted barley, it may include whole grains of other malted and unmalted cereals like corn, rice, oats, and rye. Uh, single grain does not mean that only a single type of grain was used to produce the whiskey. Rather, the adjective single refers only to the use of a single distillery. Uh, making a single grain requires using a mixture of grains, since at least some portion of the mixture must be barley. So barley is like a big, a big thing for the a big theme here for all of this. Mm -hmm. um, from the single scotches to the blended scotches, the change is in how many distilleries produce the scotch. A single is from a single distillery, while a blended is from multiple distilleries. Kind of makes sense. Uh, a blended malt is produced from only the single malts of multiple distilleries. Uh, a blended grain is produced from only the single grain spirits of multiple distilleries. This separation of malt and grain whiskey also allows for a fifth variety just called blended scotch. A blended scotch can contain single malt and single grain spirits in the same scotch. Uh, additionally, that, yeah. that specific variety, blended scotch, makes up 90% of the scotches that are sold in the world. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right, then. Um, additionally, malt whiskey is made in a pot still, and grain whiskey is usually made in a column still. Um, this goes back to how efficient each process is and the flavors each type of still leaves in or strips out. Uh, just to sum up, so uh, a scotch can be single malt, single grain, blended malt, blended grain, or just blended. Um, but it's always going to be scotch whiskey from Scotland. Prior to 2009, the word blended on scotch was only used as a term to refer to what we call, now call blended scotches, a combination of single malt and single grain. Uh, the term for blended malt and blended grain scotches was actually referred to as vatted. Therefore, ol older blended malt scotches will actually be labeled as vatted malt scotch. Huh. Uh, although single malt scotches tend to be more expensive and rare, the most popular scotches in the world are blended. Over 90%, as we just said, uh, <laughs> of, yep, the scotches, <laughs> of the scotches uh, in, made in Scotland are blended. These scotches go out under the names Johnny Walker, uh, Cuddy Sark, Dewars, and Chivas Regal. Chivas. Chivas. Okay. Chivas. I don't know. I <laughs> Every time know. I hear Chivas, uh, I, I always think about the Alabama, I think it was Alabama, a legislator that was talking about uh, homebrew legalization and uh, in his very country tone says, I may have a Chivas every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> like Froghorn Leghorn. <laughs> I say, I say. <laughs> um, many casks of single malt scotches will be sold by the distillery to independent bottlers. These cask releases are very small productions and can also sell for high prices. Shock. Uh, some of the major producers are outlets like Masters of Malt and the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. These producers will sometimes put the distillery's name on the bottle, but never their logo. Yeah. 
goes back to, stuff, you know, really. it's technically not the distillery itself selling it. They're just letting you know that it came from that distillery. The product did mm. whenever they put it up. So the geography in Scotland has a lot to do with, with how the Scotch whiskey tastes. The regions of Scotland have historical styles that take on qualities from the land around them, as well as the styles of uh, whiskey, whether it be the grain whiskey or, or, or malt whiskey. Um, the type of agriculture, their proximity to the ocean, and where they get their water all have impacts on the flavor of whiskey. So let's talk about the major Scotch regions. And some of these are, are regions that are specifically set aside as you have a legal definition, and some of these are just kind of subdivisions of those. So the first major region is the Highlands. And uh, it's a very large geographical area in the northern half of Scotland. It's so large that characteristics vary depending on coastal influences or lack thereof, depending on where it's made. You'll find notes of salinity, spice, light smoke, fruit, floral, heather, honey. Often these scotches have a very dry finish. Um, popular distilleries in this region include Dalmore, Dalwini, uh, Winnie, Glenmorangie, Oban, and Loch Lomond. Um, Inside of the Highlands proper, there is a subdivision, though, and that's called the Speyside region. And this is a very popular, popular region. So if you if you had to say, OK, the all of all the U.S. can make bourbon, but the best bourbon comes from Kentucky. Well, mm-hmm. all, yeah. all of Scotland can make make scotches. But this region sets itself aside very similarly to, to the way you would talk about Kentucky. Um, it's the Speyside region. And so it lies much to the northeast of the Highlands and backs up against the North Sea to its north. Um, Although it's not an official region per se, it certainly has characteristics that make it accepted as a subclass to the Highland area. That means that they can actually put on their whiskey bottles, this is a a whiskey from Speyside, or this is a Speyside single malt scotch. Um, This is the most prolific scotch-producing region. The region produces whiskey that is sometimes lightly peated, but often, uh, more often, very sweet and potentially sherry-finished. Notes of honey, fruit, vanilla, and spice. Um, Some of the the distilleries like Glenfiddich, Arbolor, Glenfarclas, Balvenie, McClellan um, are here as is the first distillery to actually get a license to distill in the Speyside region, uh, which is the Glenlivet. Uh, this actually, the Glenlivet itself went legal in 1824. Um, it was the first in the city to, in the city of Glenlivet to do so. Um, and as an interesting footnote, the Glenlivet distillery takes its name from that city in which it was founded. But thanks to a landmark court case against many other distilleries in that city, they're the only one that's actually allowed to na- use the name The Glen Limit. And so the other distillers have to find another name. Uh, <laughs> you need to find something else to do, son. This is our town. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, goes back. Were... Like a lot of the water source is comes back to where a lot of these scotches get their name. So they want, like they were the first to be using it. So they want, they wanted a legal reference to know we're the only one that gets to name ours after it. And since they were the first to go legal, even though there were 50 other distilleries in that city, um, there, there's a pretty cool story about the guy who actually founded it. He changed his name. Um, uh, well, his earlier uh, ancestors, his grandfather changed the name to kind of um, throw some of the revenues off the scent. And then he would go out and, and changed it from Johnny Scotchy Seed. <laughs> it, was, it was a very Scotch name to a very English name um, whenever he changed it. And then... 
eventually as he went legal, he was getting a lot of threats and people would come up to him and, and they were making illegal whiskey and his whiskey was legal. So they, they didn't like him. He was rumored to have carried two pistols and kept a pistol under his uh, pillow every night. Eventually that's just Scotland. Yeah. (laughs) Eventually they, they decided, you know, we better go legal too, but they couldn't use the, the name for Glenlivet. So they were upset over that as well. There are also islands to the, um, to the west of Scotland. And uh, this is also a subdivision of the Highlands. Uh, these areas refer to the, a group of very they're northern... The, they're the, the Highland Islands? The Highland Islands. Um, these are the islands of Skye, Jura, Orkney. Um, these are the islands that, that kind of, through each of them, they all kind of have very different flavors. Um, the coastal and slightly salty notes with aging notes of fruit and nuts and spice it's not as aggressively peated as isla scotches but there is some peat in there Um, bob may be able to tell us a little bit about that here in a few minutes Uh, the most maybe (laughs) the most popular examples come from highland park uh, but then there's also aron and talisker the latter two are pretty peaty versions of scotches Talisker was on my almost but not quite list to pick for today. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> then you, you step out of the highlands and you go down to the south of Scotland. And this is where the lowlands lie. And again, we were talking about these a little bit earlier in the history section. Um, <laughs> he is the lowlander. <laughs> this is where uh, the, the Scotland laws were more enforced. Yeah. And so this region... Um, ha- is kind of lies below an imaginary line that ri- runs from Greenock to uh, the Dundee uh, from west to east. So this area generally has unpeated scotches. They're very light-bodied, del- delicate sweetness, often finished dry with light fruit notes. It's a very good beginner's region. Um, but this region also produces a lot more of the single-grain whiskeys that are then used to be blended into those 90% of the, the market that are blended whiskeys. Um, there aren't many distilleries that are very popular for their single malts in uh, this region. The most popular, however, is probably Glen Kinchy. And it's actually one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite scotches out there because it does have a very light, sweet, honey-like finish to it. And I really like that scotch. Ooh. I almost thought you said Glen Kimchi. That's what I heard. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, what? Kimchi <laughs> like, scotch, Damn. I need it. Um, The World Cup has brought a whole new new culture to... (laughs) The next region is Isla, and Isla is one of the islands that actually gets its own region because it is so special and it's got a lot of distilleries there. So you did well enough. You get your own region. (laughs) Um, It is only about 240 square miles, so it's like maybe... 25 miles long and you know not very wide uh it's home to eight operating distilleries however and all of these distilleries are well known in the world for their popular distinctive liquid the region's known for very strong maritime influences like strong salinity um they go aggressively peaty here because they have a lot of peat on the island or have had a lot of peat on the island again this is one of the areas that's really suffering a lot of distilleries, small area, you have to worry about where the peat's going. Um, you can go very aggressively peating and actually express medicinal notes like an unused Band-Aid, oh. iodine, 
maritime flavors, like that kind of iodine-y plus salinity flavor coming in there. So you have on this island alone, here's all eight of them, because they're all amazing distilleries. <laughs> um, Ardberg, Balmore, Brutalotic, which we talked about a few minutes ago um, mm-hmm. with their Octomore. Uh, Carol, Carol Isla, um, then Lafroig and Lagavulin. So you can oh, take a trip to Lafroig and Lagavulin all oh, in the same. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kil- Kilkelman, uh, and so I have pronounced it in the past Bunahaban because that's how it's spelled. It is actually pronounced Bunarvin. Bunarvin. Not a B anywhere in there. Not a bit. <laughs> And no AR in the middle of it either. So, uh, yeah, but you know, surprise I can see that from an AH, maybe. I mean, but that's very like Scottish a... person. Have you listened okay. to Scottish people speak? I mean, well, it's like uh, that that Irish name from. Well, I heard on Orphan Black, so that's a separate thing. But uh, Siobhan, <laughs> there's no V. You spell it, you say it Siobhan, but it's S I O B H A N. Oh yeah yeah yeah, Siobhan yeah. It looks like it's spelled uh, like Shibon. Or Siobhan or something, you know? like Yeah. Yeah. So the last region to really go into is Campbelltown. Um, and it's not necessarily... <laughs> sounds, like some, sounds like some shanty town of Scotch. <laughs> uh, so it used to have a lot of distilleries. Now there's only a few left. Um, because they, the Campbells it's... betrayed... Uh, no, I'm sorry. Wait. No, another, <laughs> another, another thing. My bad. <laughs> Um, they all produce very distinctive single malts, however. So it's a peninsula off to the southwest of, of Scotland. Um, produces very full-bodied, flavorful liquors with a slightly salty finish. Again, you have a lot of, of influence from the region where they are, near the sea. Um, so Glen, I'm going to mess this one up, but Glen Scotia, or Scotia, Scotia? Scotia. Scotia. Glen Scotia. Hey, how about like that? Nova, like Nova Scotia. Scotia. Uh, Longro and Springbank are all there. Uh, Springbank is actually sold uh, under the name Kilcarran, so that's probably the name that you've actually seen on shelves. Um, and they're the only three in this region that is actually protected under UK legislation. Oh, wow. So, although it's not a region, we should touch on the blended whiskey because it is so so distinct and there's so much of it. Um, the previous regions will produce much more whiskey than they're able to sell under their own label. So these distillers will actually sell that liquor to blenders, which aren't distilleries. They're they're specifically just a blender, and they are. I think uh, I don't think the word's rectifier. It might be, but uh, but they basically take um, all these whiskeys that they've picked, and they'll take them back to their own facility and they'll mix them and bottle them. And so what they're making is a brand new scotch that it has flavors that are from these other distilleries. So um, they'll f- focus a lot more on branding than they will on actually distillation processes. Um, some blends are made to taste the same each bottle, while others are made with the intent to show off flavors of a small batch of whiskey, even down to a single cask. I've, I've seen on whiskey exchanges and on um, Masters of Malt, you can buy a single cask bottling, just like you can buy single barrels from from any of the bourbon distilleries. The difference is that these are very distinct bottles, usually. And it you, you find out, okay, this is a single barrel, but it's also barrel number whatever from this distillery, and you know exactly. Okay, all the so this um, compass box falls into this category. 
So Compass Box is a blender, and Compass Box blends whiskeys in the malt category. So they do blended malts, they do blended grains, and they do straight blendeds. So um, when we were talking with Jim, you know, I made a statement, and after doing this episode, I think I can re uh, take back the statement that I made a little bit and, and talking with Jim a little bit as well. So I was kind of against all blended scotches, all scotches that were blended and not single malts or basically anything that wasn't a single malt. I was kind of against there for a while. You, and you then, get that way once you have your first single malt and go, <laughs> how can I go back? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I did try to kind of look through this and see, okay, what's going on with some of these blended scotches? What are they actually doing? And, and the more and more I looked into it, the more I noticed, okay, there's a certain way you can go about it. If you're, if you're JB's whiskey, that's just trying to pull in as much of the grain whiskey as you can to pull it in to basically make a lot of cheap scotch that kind of slightly tastes like scotch, then that's one way of doing it. If you're the other end of the spectrum, you're, you're kind of tailoring this scotch to be very special. Um, it's still very difficult for me to say I want to put down $150 on a bottle of a blended scotch, mm. but I, I can get a little bit closer to appreciating why somebody would do that. Okay. Um, so these blenders are probably the ones that you heard of first whenever you first heard of scotch. It may be the ones, the only ones that are available locally to you at your local watering hole, bar, Applebee's, whatever. I always go to Applebee's because that's where I, I learned how to like basically get various whiskeys. Um, or various drinks. Uh, that's where I started my drinking habit. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, but keep in mind, not all blenders and blends are alike, like we talked. Johnny Walker specifically doesn't distill their own scotch. Um, they have, I think, some partnerships and maybe even some ownerships of scotch distilleries, but the brand itself isn't a distillery. Um, they buy their liquor either from their partner companies or other distilleries in Scotland. Their focus is to make each bottle taste the same as the last. A difficult task, seeing as they produce over 223 million bottles. Not barrels, not not gallons, bottles of Johnny Walker. In it has to be the most notable brand of scotch out there. Yeah. Like, yeah. You could, it is. In, people... in the premium scotch category, it is. Johnny Walker um, is to scotch as like Jameson is to Irish whiskey. You're just like, oh, I, that name. I started... Right. I started drinking scotch with Johnny Walker Red. Yeah. Well, wasn't that so one of the first went, beers? Oh, that's much better. <laughs> one of the first beers you brewed, Casey, was that, uh, what would you call it, like Walker on Walker for my like Walker's, my bachelor party? Walker's, Walker's Scotch Ale. Yeah, Walker's, yeah, Walker's Walker Scotch Ale. Then we had a bachelor party, was. which was you brewed a, was it a Scotch Ale? So it was a, it was a Scotch Ale. Um, brewed a little bit bigger than what you would normally see a Scotch ale, but then it also tossed in. Um, you had a fifth of Johnny Walker Black just dumped into it, and then you threw all that into a Buffalo Trace bourbon barrel, yeah. <laughs> like you do. And then <laughs> when they still that. sold so, those to regular people, because they don't was, do that anymore. <laughs> it was a TP um, and a wigwam. <laughs> Um, so Johnny Walker produces a lot and their brands like red. Uh, so they've got the different colored brands, basically they're red, they're black and they're white. And even their pricey blue label are all blended scotches. They're not even single malt scotch. They they're single malt scotches and single grain scotches that are then blended together. So it's not even a blended malt with this, um, with this knowledge. I wonder how they charge as much as they do. Yeah. For the blue label, especially. 
Yeah. Um, and, and it goes back to Blue Label boasts that there's there's like it's like a 50 year old or 25 year old scotch, I think. So it's every barrel that's in there, regardless of which kind of whiskey it is, is has been in a barrel for a very long time. Um, now, I did not realize this. Whenever I purchased, uh, we were on the cruise ship, I purchased a Johnny Walker Island Green, mm-hmm. which to me, we were in the Caribbean islands. This was a traveler's bottle, so it was something that you could only get in airports when you were traveling um, or on, on cruise ships. And so I thought, okay... Island probably means it's like vacation, like island like that. And so that's what I thought. Then I started researching this episode, and I learned a little bit more about some of the Johnny Walker's regular green label. So it, green label is a blended malt. So it's all malts that are blended together. Um, the whiskey that we're getting ready to taste here in a minute, it's all single malts that are blended together. The island specifically goes in and pulls in scotches from Isle or Isla, sorry. Isla, Isla, and so you're pulling in scotches that are very smoky to that green label, and so it's the green label. Everything in there's 15 years or older, but it's very much more smoke driven because of the scotches you're getting from Isla, which are very much smoke driven, and so the blends can ha- have a a very um, intense flavor one way or the other, depending on where the the majority of that blend came from. Um, the label went. Uh, further with their selection of these these single malts to create this this very peaty flavor. Um, so that's that's kind of like what sets your single malts that are from a region apart from your blended, and which are from various different regions sometimes. Um, which also brings us to our tasting. Let me finish this real quick. Yes, we're going to go in our tasting. So we'll go ahead and say, if you want to taste along with us, because we know a few of you enjoy doing that with us in our previous video episodes, which are on pause until we will hit that mark on the Patreon, you can go ahead and pause it here and go ahead and run out and grab a bottle of Monkey Shoulder, which is what yep. we're going to be tasting together. So if you wanted to pause it and grab a bottle found in found in quality liquor stores near you yes found in most liquor stores actually it's it's one of those really hot uh blended scotches right now and it's the reason this one i think is picked so much is because it is a blended malt scotch it does not have any grain alcohol this is all malt that is in here and this blend specifically comes from three different distilleries in the space side or sorry three different single malts from the space side region so you're talking about a highland fill it's a very light uh light tasting scotch and it should have uh some of those space side characters of being very sweet and 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 rich and and very kind of full flavored in there but also kind of light Um, very very sweet aroma Mm -hmm. yes so this comes from william grant and sons limited uh and that's the parent company that also owns Glenfiddich, uh, Balvani, which I've got up there on the shelf, and I tried a little bit earlier to see how that paired up with this. Uh, Tolomore Dew Irish Whiskey. They also own Sailor Jerry Rum and Hendrix Gin. Oh, wow. So Ooh, this Hendrix. one company owns all those big names. That's, in, uh, wow. that's a robust catalog, I have It's to a say. big portfolio. Wait, so wait, no matter- wait. We have another rum. We've got the Admiral Nelson. The Captain Morgan, and now Sailor Jerry. <laughs> Sailor Jerry, right. Which does not sound uh, as 
fancy. Sailor Jerry <laughs> cruised into uh, recent rum selections as trying. They're undercutting Captain Morgan on price. Just saying, I'm, he sails on in. He's he's, he's here to party. He's, he's not here yeah. to, Say, to stand above you, make claims. He's he's one of the people. Sailor Jerry just sounds like some guy in a Hawaiian shirt and like flip flops and. Oh no, the bottle, the label's you know extremely mean? cheap. It has like a really bad hand drawn hula girl on oh, it, Jesus. and like it okay. looks terribly cheap all right I, well all right i think i found uh, this is probably horrible oh, but so with with oh. tasting whiskey just just as a for those of before we start going into our, our description with tasting whiskey again open your mouth and let yes. some air in both yes. ways that way you don't absolutely just kill yourself on just the alcohol yeah, it's so not like it, it's not like smelling beer <laughs> again uh we have links to these videos on our resources page go and dig into those before if you're the modern rogue, if you're yeah. tasting along with us uh the modern rogue episodes they did with uh Wizard Academy, or Whiskey Academy, those are amazing. <laughs> he leads you through how to do a whiskey tasting, and mm-hmm. you need to do that before you dive into these, because we were all like, holy crap, we've been doing this wrong the entire time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I found uh, the pronunciation. Is really a wrong way to enjoy whiskey? Snorting it. <laughs> okay, I don't fair. know, we could do a line, here we go. <laughs> Isla. 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 Yeah. Isla. Okay. So, so thoughts. What do you What do you all think? What are you getting on the nose and and taste? Um, it, it it smells a lot sweeter than what I had been drinking. Uh, it's got. Uh, I'm trying to think of how to describe it. Hold on. I'm gonna go back in for more. Someone else vamp. Okay. For me, um, the vanilla, huge on the flavor, huge on the nose, and then the spice, almost a rum quality in the spice. Like yeah, when I see that yeah. Sailor Jerry That's... is in their catalog now. That I'm like, holy crap! It is a spiced rum level of spice. Like you almost want to put this on the level with like a with especially when you put the uh, vanilla with the spice. It is like a uh, holiday spice cake almost. I am not getting that complexity at all. Like yeah, I, no, uh, I was gonna say because like Chris is saying, it's got more of that. Um, uh, it got that almost rum-like quality and that's what i'm i'm picking up it's what was uh, confusing me for a minute because i'm like he said rum i was like yes yes it's like rum a little bit yeah it is it is definitely um you can smell the sweetness rum but yeah yeah no i I actually i think because of the sweetness and stuff like you can there's a, a, a rum quality to it i we do we do know that this this company owns two different distilleries that could provide Single malt. So I'm assuming that they're pulling at least some Glymphitic and some Balvenie. That was my guess when I saw the when I saw the this. places they owned. Now, there's also a thing I learned from... I, well, I'd heard of it before, but I learned in uh, Modern Rogue that you actually use like maybe a drop or two of water. Oh, I didn't yes. try that yet, yeah. Is this so, a, does this one qualify? Does it have that this oil... This is pretty light to do that with. Like you can rock it on the glass and I'm getting like an oily sheen... I don't know if it would really work with the drops. What if that be? It it brings out more of. Um, I don't know how much is me just reading orange on the the the, the nose. I know, or, I know and how much the... is it just me thinking that tastes like oranges? But it if you put like I just put like it's like a drop. I stuck my finger into a bottle of water and I put one drop of water in there and it it brought out a lot of stuff. It definitely made it less aggressive on the nose. I didn't get as much, um, you know, just a few drops, and I didn't get as much of um, the nose burny mm-hmm. factor. Um, yeah. So, um, 
this is this is one of those low price point scotches where it's a blended it's blended malt, and it's so like you're looking at 10, twenty-seven 15, to thirty bucks. Uh, about yeah, about that. Because I was gonna say it was about ten to fifteen bucks cheaper than what I ended up going with. Yeah, and it's incredibly affordable, and that's this is a good first scotch. It is really exactly. the price point and the quality is really shooting like it's. The prices might go up soon. I don't know if you're going to see the jump like uh, a lot of people are predicting with uh, Henry McKenna 10-year or a lot of these other bourbons that people are saying you're either going to see the price shoot up or you're going to see the age uh, guarantee drop. Um, And this one doesn't have an age guarantee on it. So this one does not. And it's coming in at 43% ABV. So this one's actually pumping out a little bit more than the 40% ABV that you're probably used to at some of the other blends, hmm. uh, blended scotches. Pumping up the jams. Pump it's, it up. This I'm, is also a very mass-produced scotch, and it's pretty tasty to be as mass-produced as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's no – this is a sipping scotch. It is not a scotch that I would say, hey, go and um, go and you know mix this in with your, your rusty nails. There, like, yeah, that's. There's like two cocktails with scotch. Rusty Nail is one of them. I don't think that also, any scotch should be a mixing scotch. Like they're all sipping. In my, yeah, in my catalog, if if it's not worth to sip, it's not worth to call scotch. That's uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I really like. I'm scotch not saying. Cocktails. Yeah, I'm not saying they're good cocktails. They I'm exist, just saying right? yeah. that they exist. I yeah, but like personally, I'm just like, no, you sip scotch. You want like, to know what a anyway, scotch cocktail you know? is to me? It's a Lagavulin with a single ice cube. I would call that a Scotch <laughs> cocktail, and that is only if it is extremely hot and for some reason I need a watered-down beverage. Um, I, so see, thoughts on hmm. on buy, don't buy, um, or wh- monkey, or monkey, monkey shoulder. shoulder? Yeah. I say buy. Did we get into why it's called monkey shoulder? Oh, we did. No, that little nice piece of trivia there. Um, so the name monkey sounds- shoulder. Because it sounds weird for anything that's a scotch to be named after a monkey. Yeah, we were kind of talking and some things getting thrown around in the Discord. Again, uh, you don't have to be a patron, but you can just join us on our Discord into these uh, discussions. And we were talking about uh, some nice little visual puns and play on words about monk shoulder that kind of came up. Oh. And it made me start thinking about where the hell did this name come from? So the name monkey shoulder comes from a type of injury that distillery workers would actually get. Um, they would spend all day with these shovel like instruments and they would malt was usually made in that time uh, as a floor malted grain. And that meant that after you soaked it, you would lay it out to dry indoors on the floor of this large room. And in order to keep the heat levels the same throughout the entire layer of grain, you would have men that would go in there and manually turn the grain over. And so it's kind of this repetitive motion all day long with a shovel. And so you're turning the grain as you go through the, um, the, the malt house. So this repetitive injury would actually cause what they called monkey shoulder and the, the that was the name of the injury and so whenever um the the lore for this scotch goes uh that the, they asked their distillery workers what they wanted to name it and they said well let's name it monkey shoulder after what our ancestors were injured doing i love it so, that is yeah. actually no that makes it 
It makes me question the uh, three, four monkeys that are on the bottle. Yeah, but... I mean, it sounds like they, they went with the monkey shoulder name and then gave it to a uh, marketing firm without actually explaining what monkey shoulder was. Well, I mean, you don't want to associate how Workman's depressing with. <laughs> how depressing the actual name of monkey shoulder is. So, yeah. But no, I, I love the name. That lends more to it. I almost want to Which, say that makes it taste even better, but it just makes me appreciate it more. Now I know about the liquor, you know, that's one thing. When I saw Monkey Shoulder on the shelf, I thought it was a rum. I mean, you would I, think, yeah, I would think that. Yeah, it makes I, you I think I was not tropical. thinking scotch. I was thinking this is a rum. This is a misplaced rum in this liquor store. Yeah. What is it doing here next to all this scotch? The labeling also does not dissuade you from rum. It looks like, like an old. It very much yeah. looks like rum, yeah. So yeah, we, uh, in the tasting notes, uh, nose, zesty orange and vanilla, honey and spiced oak, uh, taste, vanilla and spice. Yeah, in the taste and in the nose, I get the vanilla and the spice greatly. The orange, as Justin said, um, if you, I did a couple drops into my glass, and uh, an orange peel quality seemed to come out then, mm -hmm. but I didn't get it just natively out of it. Again, my palate is used and abused. I don't know, maybe... <laughs> Maybe Brittany would have uh, better luck getting something like that out of it, but I did not. I don't get any orange out of it. But I loved it. Uh, again, depending on the price in which uh, your local liquor store is selling it at, at 30 or under, I would definitely grab a bottle. I, um, I don't... I've been drinking it the whole time. Um, <laughs> As have I. I, I don't... Uh, I've, I'm on, like, finger four yeah. of a quite a large glass. I, I don't hate it. Uh, but it's not my favorite thing. Um, if I, the only other scotch I've had though, to be fair, is um, Lagavulin. Lagavulin, which was, which is straight up a campfire <laughs> in a glass. And I mean, I've got. I, I want one day to to, to this bring is water. Brittany. Yeah, yeah, I want Brittany to go on a on a scotch excursion. We've got Glen Livet yeah. Twelve also sitting back there. If oh, do we really? Yeah. There you go. Um, that's a good. That's a good solid single malt, right? Yeah, there. that's a that's, that's I, an I, amazing one. That I was a wedding present. It, to me, it just tastes like generic whiskey, like like a whiskey taste. As a I mean, that's the blend. I mean, that's I, a, what kind of what you get with blended. I mean, I, I think it's if you just want a whiskey, like sure, yeah, go ahead and get this thirty bucks a bottle. Hell, why not? Um, yeah. But at the same time, to me, I guess like when I think of scotch, I think of the really smoky stuff for some reason. She thinks the real expensive stuff. She thinks in line <laughs> of, hey, could you pick me up? Uh, a bottle of that Weller Reserve on your way home, and I'm like, right. I work in Ohio. Got, they just look at me cross-eyed and have happy along your route. <laughs> yeah, like, some of that. Okay, okay, whatever, you guys. That's like, uh, basically what she asked me. Could you pick me up a bottle of Pappy on your way home? That, that was some pretty good stuff. Could, I swear give me some, God. give me some Rip Van Winkle. Uh, uh, then okay. The guy looks at me, goes cross-eyed, has a bit of an aneurysm, and <laughs> then I'm like, my wife has expensive taste, and then he's like, no, we've never had that. <laughs> Okay, I do not just have expensive taste, thanks. So, uh, I know I, I just, uh, it's the only other thing I can compare it to because I haven't had a lot of scotches, that's all. So, it's, I'm just like, oh, scotch equals, like, a smoky taste. Or earthy yeah, taste, is, for that matter. This is kind of what most people get introduced to scotch with. So, <laughs> I can understand that. All right. What else we got? All right. Because I well, think I cover scotch. Uh, we don't have any feedback but we do have a new occurring segment that we're going to get into. It is going to be, what the hell has Amos been drinking? <laughs> Ugh, it's like a party in my mouth and everyone's throwing up. 
the hell has Amos been drinking? So Amos, our friend uh, with uh, Kent, our two friends over at Ritual Misery. We only have two. Yeah, only two. We only have two friends, guys, so we we have to be good to them. Now, over at uh, twitch.tv slash Ritual Misery, you can see what they're doing on Tuesday night. Is it Tuesday? No, Thursday night. Thursday. Thursday. Tuesday night. I know I I, I keep going. They don't want to go up against. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, go check them out. It's great. Uh, I wish I could stay up. I always have to watch and listen. I usually listen to them while I'm in the gym. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, oh, I wish I could have been there and chat. So, uh, Amos has these legendary reviews of beers that he's been doing on Untapped. And we're going to start playing a little game with them. I like it. So, um, Amos' re- uh, review of this beer is ass in a can. This is exactly what I hate about beer. It's like Coors and Budweiser had a bastard child in a Cantonese bathhouse. I, I, I want I want some guesses as to what the hell was Amos drinking. I'm not oh sure, goodness. but Amos is one of my favorite people. <laughs> no, some of his other reviews. You all, the the three of you are barred from looking as untapped. None of you can look. I, I like I, this I game seen actually. Yeah. I didn't realize uh, this was going to be the game. I haven't uh, seen it. Uh, okay. I'm gonna say <laughs> Miller Nico. High Life. PBR. Another high life PBR. Justin. But does the Cantonese have anything <laughs> to do with it? A Cantonese. And maybe just no. an outlier. I, just I don't know. Just because he's uh, I like think a the light girl. beer with. I think with the bathhouse. I want it to be. I, I want. I expected something light. Nothing's coming to mind. It could be an IPA. I, I know he hates IPA, but I don't know why it would be like Coors and Budweiser. Like a uh, something really dank and cheap. I don't know. And we're gonna start doing something uh, whenever we do this segment. Uh, after uh, we get guesses in, we'll we'll talk about it. Okay, I uh, I'm trying to think of what I'm gonna go with Blue Moon. Blue Moon. Huh. Okay. Uh, uh-huh. a, a lot of uh, uh, bold bold guesses here. <laughs> so bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. <laughs> bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. So what exactly has Amos been drinking? Amos was drinking. Hurricane High Gravity Lager by Anheuser Busch. Guess oh. what? It's not a lager. It's a malt liquor. Oh. <laughs> they didn't have a child. They had a space station. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it shouldn't even be on Untapped. It's a malt liquor. But it's That's a beer. Liquor. That's fantastic. It's a beer, sadly. Oh. oh so, wow. yeah. <laughs> That's great. So, uh, yeah, anyone listening, I want when you hear this, go ahead and I'm going to do it. Go tweet at Amos. Uh, where's Twitter? I'll do it from the show account. That's all I'm logged in with here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling up Amos right now. Tweet at him. Uh, hashtag dude floating. <laughs> yeah. Is Amos really going to get what that's about? Probably not. He's not a that's patron part yet. part of the show. True. Become a patron and you'll understand weird inside jokes. <laughs> so at Ethan Kane, yeah. All right, yeah. It's great. It's it's great video watching us all tweet. <laughs> yes, yes, fantastic. Especially my keyboard. Uh, so let's uh, maybe move on to uh, yeah, what, what we're drinking. Yeah. What else have you guys been drinking here? Uh, Lagavulin neat. Clear alcohols are for rich women on diets. <laughs> they are. And the only uh, one that's in here is Casey's. So I assume you guys have been drinking other stuff though. I can go ahead and go. Uh, okay. I, I I had I had a consultation. <laughs> I got off work. I call Casey. I'm like Casey, I've got monkey shoulder. 
buy at your local liquor store. Um, but I wanted we to drink need, something. We need I sponsorships. Wanted, I know, right? It's like I needed something a little bit special, a little bit flashier for for the episode, maybe. I don't know. Just something that's not the same as everybody else. So I was like, all right, what's what's an affordable-ish scotch? Talk me through this. And he gives me a bunch of options. I go down to the local liquor barn, local-ish, and uh, end up picking up a little bit over my budget, but uh, Highland but Park. Scotch. But it's scotch. Highland Park 12-year Viking Honor. <laughs> oh. Oh, it's a single malt, single malt scotch uh, with a uh, 43% alcohol by volume. Oh my God, this is good. It's remarkably, it's remarkably uh, uh, calm for what it is. Like normally, I associate some scotches with a very harsh sort of flavor. Mm-hmm. This is very smooth. I, I told, I, I think I said uh, earlier when I had my first sip, it's like Irish whiskey with some smoke. Mm. There we go. Uh, hmm. Which, which is good. It's good. It's it's not the same as all scotches. But that's that's a good thing, and I I particularly enjoy it. Did do the little water drop test. That smoke blew up in it. And it was like, <laughs> oh, wow. oh, everything's here now. All right, yeah, game so on, party time. Yes, yeah, indeed. no, it's it's fantastic. Uh, I could read a description, an abbreviated version of what's on the box because it comes in a big old box. Viking hmm. <laughs> uh, honor is the heart and soul of Highland Park. It reflects the unique culture of the of our remote island. Uh, island home on Orkney? Yeah. Orkney. Orkney. Yep. Orkney. The Orkney Isles, uh, they're off the northeastern coast. This is part of Scotland, yes, but originally it belonged to a vast Viking kingdom. We'd like to share our story with you. And All of Scotland about... once belonged to the Vikings. <laughs> just, just an everything, FYI. Everything belonged to Vikings. Uh, just going to say, Ireland, uh, Belfast, and... Uh, yeah. Dublin was a Viking town. D- yeah, Dublin was original. They, they had Vi- a Viking king. Yeah, that's... Until, until there was enough Irishmen to go, you know what, it's, our line. it's ours now. Thanks for building it. Get out. <laughs> All right. But yeah, uh, cool. If if you get the chance, pick it up. It was around like... Just at 50, I think, for me. 50, 55. Cool. I'm a little lazy to go and grab it, but I wanted to while you were reading that. Uh, Behind Brittany, to the left of her head, is my Scottish Claymore that I got in Scotland. Oh, yes. Bring in some... Not uh, some uh, yes. cosplay there. Well, it's not. It's in the actual traditional uh, Robert the Bruce style, not in the cinema-created uh, William Wallace style. So that style that you see in the movie was actually never a historical sword carried in Scotland. Hmm. FYI. Well, <laughs> on that what? note, Casey? <laughs> I have is uh, the Boonarvon, also known as the Boonahaben, uh, <laughs> 12-year-old. Uh, it is an Isla single malt, Isla single malt uh, coming in at 46.3%. Um so I don't pick up a ton of smoke, uh, and I had some Johnny Walker Green earlier, Island Green earlier, which is tons of smoke. This is just very light smoke. I also smoked a cigar today, so that's going to be you know, <laughs> your your taste buds are just are just gone. Yeah. Um, so very 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 light on that smoke. Um, more of a brininess, some some kind of seaweedishness on that. Um, 
very sweet. Um, Roma's coming in back the back end, some caramel coming in back there, um, some dark caramels. Um, kind of a a very deep, a deep kind of darker. It, it's not. I don't know. I don't know if they recharred the barrels or did anything like that, but but kind of like a really deep kind of charred flavor almost um, back there. Um, the label says it's got sweet fruits, nuts, vanilla, delicate coastal influence, combination of sherry, bourbon, and whiskey. Refilled casks um, are chosen to bring the perfect balance of character, this nutty and sherry flavors. Um, but yeah, so this, I got it. It was about 70 bucks, I think, when I bought it. But it okay. came with two um, Glencairn glasses. Oh, uh-huh. nice. Which makes a big difference because they're sometimes 20 bucks a piece. Yeah. Uh, so, and it was a free pack. To It was like a, a Christmas pack or something, you know, one of those, you get these other things. And so. Those are actually um, really good steals if you're wanting to grab some branded glassware. Like yeah. You can get Usually some... the, the glassware is kind of a little bit cheaper made stuff. This is super thick. I don't think I'll ever break that. I don't know if you can see how thick that actually is, but hmm. um, nice thin glassware is good for, for this. I've got a, a one good thin glass, but um, it's nice because the cats knocking this over aren't going to kill it. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but delicious. Uh, I, I would definitely highly recommend this one, um, especially if you want to step out into some smoky stuff but don't want to go whole hog. And uh, the two of us, we've just been drinking Monkey Shoulder yeah. this whole episode. Uh, I think we've gone through like a quarter of a bottle. <laughs> wow. Ooh, well, I, ha- I haven't gone through all of my glass or anything, so but yeah. I'm about ready for a refill, and I think uh, post show we might uh, stick around. We'll we'll get her some uh, Glenlivet. See how? Oh yeah. See how she goes with that. I'm scared. <laughs> all right, and with that, I think we're I think we're covered here. I think we're done. Good episode. Yeah. Woo! Good time. We'd been promising some. I've been looking forward to this episode for, uh, I hate to say it, but a couple of years now. We've been around that long, guys. Ugh. Oh God, let's it's weird. Let's not think about that. <laughs> As we were discussing uh, pre-show, our 100th episode will fall in <laughs> September, very close to our three-year anniversary. Need to figure up a topic, a good topic for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't happen to be. Uh, at uh, Oktoberfest time. We've got a lot of things to plan, guys. <laughs> we do. <laughs> well, All right. While we plan those things, you can visit us at haveadrinkshow.com for useful links and info about us. Perhaps more you'll importantly, find, I said, about perhaps the things you'll see, drink. I said, perhaps you'll find about, uh, about uh, our plans if we make them and plan them. <laughs> Uh, and if you want to keep up to date on what our plans are, you may actually be able to find more up-to-date information from have a drink show on social media uh twitter facebook instagram since we talked about that during the news show uh twitch.tv and youtube also remember go check out that news show we probably have a feed up there somewhere so oh yeah try to search for it it exists somehow somewhere so the first episode will definitely be in the regular have a drink yeah. feed cool all right so you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. You can also use the feedback page on the website. You can ask us questions in the Discord if you're a patron. You can ask us questions on Facebook, Twitter, any of those things Casey told you. We'll try to keep an eye on them and answer any questions you have. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. All joking and fun aside, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. Uh, Uber or Lyft or whatever you got to do if you're out drinking, uh, don't drive home. 
Especially if you're doing a lot of scotch. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it'll hit you quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sure. Um, so check us out next Saturday for our next live episode. And remember to check out patreon.com slash have a drink show. Once again, uh, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. Cheers. Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs> <laughs>